Hello and welcome to the Power Switch, gaming's call-in talk radio show. My name is Peter Spasia, and today is April 8th, 2017. This is the 21st episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that's found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com slash call. So a bit of housekeeping. I'm uh, still playing Persona 5 about 11 hours in now. We have all the fallout from the first palace complete. So uh, I know a lot of my friends have been way past that point. But when you work and you can put only little chunks here and there, uh, that that's really what I've been getting to. But I've been loving what I'm playing so far. Absolutely. And our Legend of the Zelda Breath of the Wild spoiler cast. Uh, if you're not here, you know, the edit might not get up in time. Uh, so I apologize for that. But as I mentioned on our last episode, it's Sunday. That'd be tomorrow, April 9th, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Looking forward to talking about that. Uh, joining me today is Scott White from DashingNerds.com. Scott, you've been on the show before, but I welcome you in this uh, guest co-host capacity. Well, thanks for letting me be uh, be your wingman here today, Pete. Really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we talked about it last episode when you called in. Uh, you know, E3 2017, just around the corner, a couple months away. We'll be uh, having some sort of collaboration yeah. there as well. So, and, you know, other future episodes that you may be free to be on. Uh, looking forward to that as well. I know my wife was looking more to tune into shows that she's more comfortable with talking. And that's mm. totally understandable on her part. But I know you're just as passionate with games like me. You know, you write for DashingNerds.com. You helped co-found the site. Uh, and, yep. and I'd like to talk to you more about that if I may, just to kind of introduce yeah, you sure. a little bit, uh, get into the audience. But I kind of start a little bit with your history of games. Well, really, I've ever since, even before I was born, video games have been a part of my life because I have an older brother. And my parents got him an original NES back in like 86 when it was originally released in the States. So literally every day of my life, there I have had access to some sort of video games. So it's kind of just grown from there. And in high school, I was very art-centered and for a very long time even through college i wanted to get into actual creation of video games so that's what i got my degree in uh was within media arts and technology with a focus on game design and from there i went into more 3d modeling and things along those lines and then as i've gotten older i've kind of more gravitated towards reporting and giving my feedback and kind of thoughts on what's going on in the game industry but games have always been a part of my life they helped me through my parents divorce being able to the whole escape escapism and explore worlds the final fantasies the zeldas it's i i have such great memories and so many huge moments of my life are tied intrinsically to video games that I, they're they're here to stay i'm not changing or stop stopping playing them anytime soon for sure right and it's, it's always important when games have that kind of power as a medium but you mentioned the reporting and you have dashingnerds.com. Mm -hmm. I mean, what was yep. what was the process like when you know you met with your friends, you know, to co-found that? What have experiences been like working with that site? I mean, to, to have your own, mm -hmm. you know, independent sort of game nerd culture website. What's that like? It's been a lot of fun. It's definitely been a learning experience. The starting off point was just me and a bunch of friends got together and we're talking. It's like we want to make a video game website and we want to talk about the stuff that matters to us. We're all really big gamers over at Dashing Nerds. So it really started at my kitchen table in my apartment where we came up with the name and it just kind of started from there. And that was back in October of 2015. 
And since then, I mean, we've gotten in contact and we work with different publishers and developers to get review copies and um, like Xseed, Atlas, we have a Square Rep, Nintendo, things, people along those lines, and they're great. Um, some are definitely easier to work with than others, but we've met a lot of real cool people through it. We've gone to conventions, we've gotten press passes for those, um, and continue to look into the future and plan things ahead. We've been able to interview various voice actors. Um, I myself interviewed a couple of the old Power Rangers for a new project that they're doing called The Order last summer i want to say mm -hmm. Very cool. um that was really fun we've interviewed vic who voices like edward elric from full metal alchemist yep, we've vic interviewed Mignana. him yep, yep. yep we've interviewed him we've interviewed um velvet's voice actress from tales of berseria her name's escaping me but she's also like sailor mars from sailor moon crystal so it's it's is that christina v yes yeah christina yeah. v mm -hmm. that's it yep um so that's been a lot of fun Figuring out original content has has been the biggest thing. It's because we're really trying to set ourselves apart and not because everyone will put out a review. There's always going to be a review for a Persona or a ukulele or a Final Fantasy. Those will always be there. Uh, and there's always going to be so many. So what we're really trying to do is expand into more original content with our retro rundowns where we kind of look into the the marketing and kind of the development process of old video games. We've done Earthbound, Chrono Trigger was our latest one. Final Fantasy III, we did a two-parter. That does really well. It's the original content. Um, this week for Persona 5's launch, we put out a Persona primer for a thing we're going to be putting under the a uh, kind of a new area on the site called RPG University. Well, we'll have like a good introduction. Well, we're still fleshing it out, but... Uh, the Persona Primer was to give a basic understanding of how the spell naming conventions of Persona work um, and give a bit of an introduction for new players for the social links and what that can do. So, mm -hmm. And then as far as original content goes, you also have Time Hops on your YouTube mm -hmm. channel. Yep, we are, uh, we're almost at, done with Season 1, so that'll, Season 1 finale will be in the next week or two. So that will be fun, and we're already starting to do plans on bringing in actual... Uh, breweries from around the area and brewers to guest star on episodes. So expanding more with that and figuring out what we can retool and twerk or tweak, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully no twerking be, on camera. <laughs> we might be, we might be twerking too. It Depends is, how drunk not, you get. Yeah, it's exactly, exactly. We are the latest episode that went up yesterday. We accidentally had a 12% um, beer that we didn't oh, realize boy. when we get started. So it's like, Oh, okay. So we were a little, uh, <laughs> tipsy at the end but yeah. no we have a lot of plans and uh it's very exciting and you you've written for us with some of the reviews and great stuff those have done really well if oh, you want thanks yeah what's it been like uh reviewing for you on your end uh it's it's been different like i used to do some writing just on the side for for my blog so when the white the website that i had or had still have all that stuff it's mostly just to be a place to house the content I create. And that's mostly with podcasting. Uh, so I, I totally respect and honor. Like, that's really cool that you do the, uh, the business connections. Like that's, that's the coolest stuff to me is, you know, getting the PR connections and working with that. Like, that's really cool how you guys have set that up. Uh, that's really impressive. Uh, but as far as just writing goes, like, I, I think that I'm generally a good writer uh but applying it to video game critique is something that takes practice and so mm -hmm. uh I've, I've done some reviews long ago and 
since then I've developed as a writer. So, uh, but thank you for giving me that opportunity and outlet because it's not, never really the first thing that comes to mind uh, mm-hmm. is to be to provide writing content for my website. I'm just you know used to over the years more as just speaking into a microphone. I'd rather just you know yeah. say how I feel about a game, uh, but to kind of put it in that format and you know very structured and kind of you know give the whole number attached to it and to do something like uh dang and runpo one and two reload uh that was that was really cool because you guys you know made contact with nis america and you got the the review code that yep. way uh, that was super cool to have that done you know ready like right for launch that was that was a neat experience so uh to have you guys you know do that uh is, is really awesome but to be a part of it is is really humbling so thank you for that Hey, uh, your writing is fantastic. Uh, your our editor Mary Rose has no problem editing. It, she's always amazed by uh, how easy it is to review your stuff. That she can tell very easily that you uh, are a, you're a writer that you've done a lot of writing before. So Thank your you. stuff's yeah. great, and it definitely gets gets the views for us and they're very interesting and well-written articles and reviews so i appreciate that i, I especially liked the the feedback that you gave me for the dang and ron of the uh mm-hmm. <laughs> i just threw like the whole you know dang ass ron paul sort of thing in there yeah and, uh, how the the rep from nis got a chuckle out of that like that and that amused mm-hmm. me that was really cool so thank you um yeah. but enough about you know websites and all i mean yes. you know games as a, a whole i mean what do you where do you see it going what do you enjoy about it like just kind of getting your general thoughts about the the games industry it's not going anywhere i think i honestly feels like we're moving further away from the mobile centric uh game atmosphere ecosystem than we that we were in maybe three or so years ago i feel like console and pcs are starting to reclaim a lot of some of the ground that they lost um in terms of the public opinion that those kind of, especially with consoles that those are all going away and that it's all going to be mobile based that it's all going to be phone um, i think those will still progressively get better but i don't see the fear and i don't read as much in the news anymore how traditional video games are going away anytime soon yeah um, it's pretty amazing when you think about you know a handful of years ago i mean end of 2013 and people are saying like is this going to be the last console generation because you had so many analysts saying that oh, mm-hmm. mobile's going to take over and oh, the processing power there is only getting better. So you're going to have more and more games there. And you kind of have to wonder, like, have they done such a poor job pricing that market that when you look at, I mean, just as a recent example with, you know, Nintendo getting the premium content on there. Sure, they have, mm-hmm. you know, a brand new audience on there and uh, Pokemon Go, but that's, you know, through Niantic second party all that stuff uh you know tons Mm -hmm. of money being made there you had the stat come out that like they still have like you know 65 million players as like an install base there like that's remarkable uh for just any game really but then you look at super mario run and then they you know price it as like a premium product but no one or not as many people certainly seem to be interested in you know putting the money down for that product and you know you look at uh, you know, consoles as a whole. And I, I think the best thing that they did is making it all very PC-like and PC-centric in a way to really open it up to indie developers to, you know, give that, you know, couch play space that mm-hmm. many of them, you know, grew up with. 
and they want to be a part of. And so I think that's probably been a big help is really embracing the indie market, make it very easy to develop uh, you know, games for these consoles. And so there may be questions on, do we keep just iterating on the same thing over and over again? When would a next console generation come into play? But yeah, I think you're right. Like yeah. the industry isn't going anywhere as far as consoles are concerned. Yeah, mobile may grow as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have a lot of work to do if they want to get, you know, the premium products on there with a wide market space. Yeah, I think people are starting to get a little fatigue over the free freemium kind of set of um, on games on mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, they it isn't as novel of an idea anymore, and it's just everyone's doing it. Um, so I could see them moving more. I could honestly see mobile will have its free games and then also be moving more towards a more traditional price, like gaming price structure. And I think more expensive, but larger and more complete um, games will be, will start becoming more acceptable. I would say like your, like super Mario run where you can have it free or you can have it pay. What is it? $15 or something. It was 10 and unlock unlock the whole thing. I could see that becoming more. Yeah, hopefully we provide a little more legitimacy to that market again. And I always wonder, like, I wish I could see the stats of how games like Telltale's games do on iOS. I'm sure like they get sales, but I wonder how like the breakdown is between that and PC and then the console versions. Like as someone who plays Telltale games on PC, just to kind of have everything connected there. I, I, I wonder. Yeah, that is interesting. But I mean, consoles are doing great. I mean, PlayStation 4 is selling like hotcakes. Xbox is selling fairly well. Scorpio is probably going to be selling well when it comes out later this year. Switch is off to a good start, yeah. Switch is off to a really good start as well. Hopefully that will continue when they start releasing more games. Yeah, and they got to get um, more supply in going. I, I get that it's you know the Nintendo. Mm-hmm. It's not as extreme of a, a shortage with the supply, but you know when there are still news stories of like, oh, Toys R Us is going to have Switches in stock today, like that mm-hmm. kind of has to go away well, you know, was, if the demand continues. I, I was in uh, Best Buy earlier today picking up Binding of Isaac, like I was mentioning off stream. And while I was looking at the perusing their game section, a father and son came in asking if they had any switches. Mm, wow. And the Best Buy woman just said, no, we'll, we'll have them when we open tomorrow. Wow. Um, couldn't say how many or what, whatever, but she said, we'll have them at 11, be here at 1030. Always cool um, to hear those kind of stories for sure. Yeah. I want to get into the main topic of the show finally, yeah. though, if that's all right. Um, no, yeah, I, I kind of had this sort of planned for a little bit, and then we're like, "Oh, let's let's get Scott on the show." I mean, we're going to have him for E3. Might as well get him a little more acclimated to the podcast here, in addition to you know the times you've called in. Uh, but I had an idea just to kind of break down game soundtracks in a way uh, over generations. And over on my Rhymes with Asia YouTube channel, where you see this posted on YouTube, uh, I also do this tempo control series where it started as a big grand scope podcast, but now it's kind of shortened to just a, like a top 10 kind of curated list from a specific game soundtrack. And so I, I play bits on the show here during transition. Uh, you're familiar with that if you listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I kind of wanted to kind of create a top 10 list of at least over generations and to start at least with this current one i know this generation so far like it's obviously not over yet but i kind of wanted to do a little bit where i run through this top 10 list here play some snippets of the segments of the the soundtrack and then 
you know, maybe if you want to chime in on, you know, things I possibly missed, all that stuff, it's just to kind of do a little different kind of main topic here, uh, but to kind of do a top 10 list of what I think are the best game soundtracks from this generation so far. So that's starting at the end of 2013 uh, when, you know, PS4, Xbox One. If you want to mix in Wii U games, uh, sure, but, you know, 2013, like you also have PS3 games in there and like that wouldn't count. So it's technically this generation, so Wii U, PS4, Xbox One, and on so far. So starting at number 10, I have The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Number 9, Danganronpa 2, Goodbye Despair. Number 8, Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze. Number seven, Shovel Knight. Number six, Life is Strange. To all of you American girls, it's sad to imagine a world without you. i 
Number five, Doom. Number four, Bravely Default. Number three, Final Fantasy XV. Number two, Undertale. And number one, I know it just came out, but Persona 5. Maybe a, a bit of a, a guilty choice for, for the number one pick there, but I spent the last six, seven months listening to this soundtrack, and it's so, so good. And, I, you know, some people say, you know, don't spoil a soundtrack. I mean, yeah, maybe some of those titles may have spoilers, 
Like, I mean, for Persona 5 soundtrack, there's like a title of what is the final boss. And it's a weird title. And like, I know it, but I have no idea of context to the game at all. But I think it's been really cool playing it so far and just hearing each and every tune and like where it's placed. And I think there's there's a good satisfaction there so far. I, I know, Scott, you're you're playing Persona 5 a lot as well. I mean, oh, your, so thoughts, your thoughts on the soundtrack, having that be a number one, even for the generation so far? Uh, it's definitely in my top 10 uh, for generational soundtracks. I didn't number mine because I was trying to figure out what 10 soundtracks I really liked were, but Persona 5 is has such a fantastic soundtrack. And I, like you, have been listening to the soundtrack a lot uh, the past number of months, especially since it came out in Japan, because I actually imported the collector's edition of Persona 5 with Japan because I really mm-hmm. wanted the soundtrack CDs from Persona 1 through 4 with some of 5. So I've been listening to those soundtracks too. I love, love, love the intro. Oh my um, gosh, yeah. I love the the song that plays like when you're doing your final dive into a palace, like before the boss. Yeah, yeah. That's very cool. It it's so atmospheric and it does everything so well. Just I could I, like you, I could just keep keep on gushing about persona 5 and the soundtrack and visuals everything so yeah i I actually had a top 10 list ready to go that week uh for for that tempo controls like i've i have the file made i've got that list made it's just uh i had to kind of come to a consensus with friends like what do i do atlas bots are are serious business and this was before all of the uh the nonsense with the stopping the streaming and all that stuff and we're like I should probably have just Persona 4 Golden as a backup and just do that, shouldn't I? Uh, but yeah, life is uh, life will change is definitely number one. Like that is that is the business. Uh, it's so good. Uh, any omissions that I had on that list, though? Do you think? I know the game itself wasn't too well received, but I love the all piano soundtrack of I Am Setsna. Mm, mm, I yeah. thought it was really beautifully well done. And World of Final Fantasy, I really liked as well because it was cheery and it had a lot of kind of remixes from old tunes. Uh, from this, it was very nostalgic for me. Completely agree about Bravely Default. That has perhaps one of my most favorite like end boss, oh, like final God, boss. Yeah, serpent that eats the earth. I believe. Yeah, it, there's there are different transitions. Yeah, serpent eating the horizon. Oh, yeah, that's that's so good. Uh, it it gives me shivers. Like it's on my YouTube music playlist when I'm trying to pump myself up. I just I love it. Xenoblade Chronicles X was also a really good one. Oh, yeah. But Xenoblade yeah. Chronicles on 3DS in Wii. That was a really good one. Dark Souls was incredibly atmospheric for me. I really like that one. Guilty Gear Xard is a. I, I have always been a big fan of the Guilty Gear soundtracks. The, the heavy metal, very loud, bombastic, action packed soundtracks. And then all the other ones you had mentioned, I have Final Fantasy 15 on mine, Shovel Knight. Oh, I also have Fire Emblem Fates. I thought oh, that had yeah, a really, good really good yeah. soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Lots of good stuff and a lot of like remixes. I was debating between like Final Fantasy X because that had the remix soundtrack right. to it. That, that was a good one too, yeah. Or like Dragon Quest Heroes with a lot of the remix songs from Dragon Quest's history. But I was like, eh, I'm going to try and avoid not putting on the remix yeah, songs that yeah. we've already had. It's a tough one when like, you're talking about all the remasters. Like, you could usually say, you know, The Last of Us remastered. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's on PS4, but, you know, like the Kingdom original. Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yeah. All the Kingdom oh, Hearts yeah. remastered remixes. Yeah, kudos on Square Enix. I wish more studios, especially when they're talking about 
uh, you know, remastering those older games. Uh, Square Enix does a great job with Final Fantasy X, with Kingdom Hearts. To mm-hmm. Refresh the instrument palette. Uh, that's that's super, super helpful and just really kind of modernizes the game uh, in just an audio fashion. Um, so that's that's really good. Orally, I should say, and it always takes the extra pronunciation there. <laughs> <laughs> but you put it in your mouth? No, no. Um yeah, a couple others that just missed the cut for me. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain, uh, Super Mario 3D World, another one that, mm-hmm. that just would have been right there. Uh, just had to make that top 10 list. Anyway, that's what we have to say. When we come back, we'll get to the callers. What do you think? We'd love to hear your thoughts, but you can also bring up whatever gaming topic you like to discuss, whether it's you know some of your favorite gaming soundtracks from the past generation, your favorite games, or what are you playing recently? Anything like that. And is that's all on the table. And don't forget, you can also reply to another caller who had to say two. That's all when we come back here on the Power Switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch. Let's get to the callers here with Scott White from DashingNerds.com and hear what you have to say, whether it's about soundtracks, Persona 5, even things like Xbox Scorpio. Looking forward to seeing what you have to say. Joining us from Illinois, Video Game Guru 64. Welcome back to the Power Switch. How are you? Good. Good. A little bit stuffy, but good. Oh, man. You know, the cold's just been going around everywhere, it seems. You know, I've got a lot of people stuffy here. Yeah, but glad. Thank you for calling in. Uh, What do you like to talk about today? Uh, Well... I would like to talk about maybe Xbox Scorpio. I'm an Xbox noob. I don't know anything about Xbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so is it like, something that interests you though? Because I, when we talked about yeah. it on last episode, was basically it, it's something maybe if you're a PlayStation gamer and you've been used to PS4 for a while, but you're interested maybe a little bit by Xbox and some of their exclusives. It, it's then you know the impetus would either be do I want to save the money and just get a, a basic Xbox One or in this case Xbox One S it's you know practically the same price, or if you're used to games do you go for a more premium product in Scorpio and that's not saying you know knowing what the price is but uh, you know we only know so much based on the specs that were revealed uh, a couple of days ago but was is Scorpio something that interests you? I don't know. I feel like. Uh, you can just uh, upgrade your PC to one those uh, types of specs, and if there's not exclusive game for the Xbox Scorpio, it's if it's just like if the keep keep going with this PC and console thing, and then why get the console when you can just have it on your PC? Yeah, I think that's really the big hurdle that they have to go with. I mean, they want to kind of get everything under that Windows 10 banner. I'm guessing that they want to see Scorpio as almost kind of like it's in it's a relatively affordable gaming PC solution. I mean, Scott, you know, this is this is Microsoft's mm-hmm. big challenge. I mean, where do you see this shaking out? We've mentioned this before. It's I don't know who they're marketing towards. Now, like an article I was reading earlier today that it's possible that it could be upwards of like 650 bucks. Oh my God. Just with the specs and everything. And I mean, it's not even the top of line computer parts because the graphics wise in the article or the original announcement, the graphics card in it is about a 10 GTX 1070 level. And I mean, there's 1080s. I have a 1080 mic PC. I've got a 1070 in mine. Like, yeah, it it works great, but 
when you're talking about like the play anywhere initiative where mm-hmm. their first party games going forward, they're going to also put on their windows 10 store. It's like, you know, what's, what's the difference there? Right. I think they're the play anywhere was a great initiative, but I think in the long run with them trying to do the Scorpio thing now, I think it's going to come back and bite them in the butt because now they're trying to bring people back over to the console space where their gaming initiative, the buy anywhere is trying to split it up where if you, you can buy it on PC or on a console and then play it on PC. Mm-hmm. I think they're kind of contradicting themselves a bit. So it'll be interesting to see where they go. Now, Video Game Guru 64, I mean, for you being new to the Xbox platform, I think the one advantage that something like Scorpio would have is how it plays the back catalog of Xbox 360 games. Uh, no. there, there's yeah. no talk yet of, you know, saying that they're going to open up the backwards compatibility to a full system. I you know, saw some rumors that like, maybe they've figured out a 360 emulation solution period on board with Scorpio. You no, know, nothing confirmed at all. But if they open up that, you know, backwards compatibility library to more than just what they have established now, I think there's their advantage, but then it's like, do they, do they shoot themselves in the foot and make that move? We're saying, well, now you can put 360 discs in your windows 10 PC and play anything like that would, so like that would be tough. I mean, so I think maybe that's your advantage there is if you're looking to play the backwards compatibility uh, catalog of Xbox 360 games. Well, yeah. And I don't have an Xbox 360 or an Xbox uh, anything right now and I'm either planning on getting a PS4 or an Xbox something. Mm-hmm. May get a PS4 just because of those Japanese titles that aren't hitting the Xbox. So like Persona 5 mm-hmm. that I've been watching a Let's Play of that. It's really good. Yes it is. It's so oh. good. <laughs> really good. Really good. Yeah. Whenever I get a PS4, I'm gonna pick that up. <laughs> yeah, and like that's that's really the big question is you know Xbox has never really catered too well with the uh, the Japanese games. They tried in the early days of the 360, uh, but yeah, that's I think that's something that we have to look for at E3 2017 to see like really how they market this thing going forward. Like, what's the differentiator mm-hmm. between Xbox Scorpio if they end up calling it Xbox One X, if they call it J- Scorpio, if they yeah, whatever they do, uh, you know, whether they differentiate between that and the Windows 10 gaming PCs, that they're like they're trying to, you know, push that Windows 10 store and try to not stay, you know, totally in Steam's way or anything like that. That's that's really their biggest challenge. And on top of the name, the price, the box, the look of it, uh, their marketing strategy is going to be the the key thing to see at E3. They can't pull a PlayStation 4 Pro announcement. No, no, that was yeah. not too wise. No. And at least, you know, they've they've wised up and stayed away from the whole TV, TV, sports, sports thing. And that's, that's right. good. But now that I'm thinking about it, we really haven't had a good mid-generational, like, announcement happen ever. I mean, the Switch, I mean, the Switch was a whole new box or anything, but the PlayStation 4, I think no one has really figured out how to market things well. And in, in your point with um, the Xbox 360 exclusives, Pete, that you mentioned um, as being a positive against the Play Anywhere, I completely agree, but they can't market that you can now play your Xbox 360 games to try and get people to buy a Scorpio. Mm. Yeah. Right. I mean, in that regard, because normal Xbox One S or a normal Xbox One can do that as well. True. So true, yeah. if, if that was a big draw for them, 
they would probably spend the less money or not as much money in getting one of those if that was a big selling point. But I mean, hey, yeah. if, if they've worked Who out knows? if they've worked out the emulation to have it work across all their Xbox One platforms, I mean, kudos to them. That that's a big you know, help in their favor and really kind of mm-hmm. shoot something like PlayStation Now and the Gaikai technology kind of in the foot when uh, PlayStation is still relying on the streaming. But it's all oh, yeah. speculation. It's all hard to say, but it does make June very interesting. Yes. As far as Xbox uh, games go, Video Game Guru 64, like which would you be interested in possibly playing? Like have there been games that have kind of just, you know, you've been interested in, but, you know, never been able to play? Or like, Are there any that kind of have eluded you see the only one that really i uh would probably play would be blue dragon <laughs> but yeah. that, that just came out on the xbox 360 and they didn't do anything else with it so i think that is part of the backwards compatibility library that it that does got announced uh but yeah that only goes to show that you're interested in playing japanese games i mean that's yeah that's where you know playstation 4 is going to be your best friend there yeah so that that's why I'm uh, planning on getting probably a PS4 probably this Christmas or something. So, and just know you can always play the two Blue Dragon sequels on the DS. They released two Blue Dragon titles on the DS. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Huh. Oh, I didn't know that either. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. I remember when that was like they tried to take that off as an anime and try to make yeah. that work. Didn't work too uh, well. oh yeah that was I an watched, anime too i watched the anime oh yeah uh it never really gone anywhere but yeah i watched the anime <laughs> it, one, one of the few yeah yeah <laughs> well video game guru 64 it's it's always interesting to hear uh what you get to contribute here and uh yeah i think there's gonna be a lot of uh, project scorpio talk for the next little while as as far as Maybe they'll dole things out up until E3, but that's going to be really, really exciting. Yes. Uh, your main topic is uh, gaming soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bayonetta 2. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good one, too. I I think, yeah. you know, the game as a whole, like the gameplay shines a lot more, but there are definitely certain tracks from that one that stand out to me. I mean, it, uh, Moon River is... God, that's, yes. that's awesome. Yes. And... Another thing is uh, Sharp FE. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Tokyo Mirage That's... Sessions, Sharp FE. Uh, yeah, that, that just came out last year, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That reincarnation song from it, uh, the one they used for the, the debut trailer, like that always gets stuck yeah. in my head every now and then. It's a, it's a good earworm. Yeah. <laughs> and Still and love the... the name of it. <laughs> it's such a pain in the ass to say. That's the winner for strangest <laughs> video game title of this generation. Yeah, yeah. And, right now. Uh, and I hope they have a sequel on the Switch. Hopefully, I don't know because I really like that game, and I feel like a lot of people missed it. Yeah, I so. mean, I, I started playing it, and I wanted mm-hmm. it to be a game that I played up until uh, Persona, but then we had all those games with, you know, Zelda and, and Mass Effect. Because it is, I mean, it's, it's Shin Megami Tensei. It's yeah. it's a very Persona-like combat system, just, you know, mixed with all the the different verses yeah. and all that that they wanted to add the idol infusion there. Getting yeah. Shin Megami Tensei probably, what, probably going to be Shin Megami Tensei Five on the Switch. Probably. 2018, 2019, so. Yeah, and they're doing the, the 3DS game as well. Yeah, the deep, strange journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I feel like uh, I've kind of played Persona Three, 
didn't get much into it. Uh, I watched Persona 4, had the chance to get Persona 4, but I didn't get much into it either. So Persona 5 uh, really caught me. So that might be the game that I uh, jump into that. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see what scratches that itch for Persona because there's there's so many mechanics at play and it's interesting to like what gets you like is it the the day-to-day high school role play is it you know the dungeons um so i mean i would recommend going back and playing the previous ones whenever you get the chance to uh you know after persona 5 because yeah. they're all they're all very similar in so many ways but you know just so different tweaks three and four are similar yeah three and four are similar the one and two are fairly different yeah five, one and two are well, very different well i feel like uh five's uh gameplay that i've seen giving me flashbacks to persona 4 <laughs> but I, I don't know uh if it it's if it's giving you flashbacks because, oh a lot like, of similarities mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The, the main difference is that these main palaces these main dungeons uh they're very structured and they're very planned out uh whereas persona 3 and 4 those dungeons are they're randomly generated floors they're very corridor like and opening doors that's all randomly generated and that that carries over a bit into persona five as sort of like a side quest like a, a big heavy side quest they call mementos uh, mm-hmm. but you know it's uh it, it's that's really the big difference as far as the gameplay goes um i'm liking a lot of the fast travel systems in persona five that's really nice to go and yes. get where you need to go and see who's available for uh your social links or your confidants uh, that's another big change, but there are so many similarities, uh, and so like it, it's it's scratching that itch, but it's it's doing a lot of things better in five. And then you also have the carryover for Shimigami Tensei with the uh, the demon negotiation. I mean, in Persona Three and Four, yeah. you get cards that are kind of done in this random after battle shuffle time, and like picking that is how you get personas to to fill out your compendium. Uh, this you got to talk to the demons who are actually. Uh, actual creatures Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to just weird shadow figures in three and four like these are actual yeah and when you knock them down you can actually discuss uh yep it's a cool thing that was carried over you know that's from other shin megami tensei games but has never really been a persona thing uh interesting to actually learn the mechanic of how that works of how there are four personalities and you can see what personality the persona is and then Based on that, they only like certain type of answers, and so like trying to, lo- I've been trying to learn that because that's that's a new thing to me. But it, it's a yeah, system that, that works well. I played uh, Shin Megami Tensei Four, and that that was in uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Demon negotiation was actually around. That's how you recruited new Persona and Persona One and Two. Okay, so it's actually okay. calling that system is calling back from the original two Personas, but giving it a bit more of a flair and kind of the streamlined process that uh, is now in like SMT Four. That's good to know. That's good to know. Thanks. Yeah, I, I know so little about those first or first three games technically because of the two parter yeah. in, uh, in Persona Innocence Two. Innocence and per- Eternal Punishment. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, but no, it's really cool to see how the series has grown and. You know, a lot of people, I think, of when it's been getting in the mainstream, a lot of people catch on to the the day-to-day school life. I know that's what drew me into the series, uh, but there's there's so much to like about Persona. It's just, it's a pretty tall barrier of entry for someone brand new, but if it catches you, like, you, you get hooked. If there's any chance of Persona 5 being ported to the Switch... <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know either, but man, I do find myself thinking that like, I would love to just take this anywhere. 
I, I'm yeah. m- missing this on the Vita is is tough. Um, but yeah, yeah, they'll they'll maybe do a spinoff game. I mean, Persona Q on 3DS, like all the the Shimigami Tensei on 3DS and the upcoming project for Switch. So like, it's it's not totally out of the realm of possibility. But when they're keeping the mainline games for Persona usually on PlayStation, like there's that's a, a tall hurdle to clear. But it really depends on how well mm-hmm. Switch sells in Japan. Uh, primarily, I would think like that's probably the biggest uh, change that you'd have to see before it's considered over at Atlas. Plus, you have to figure there's going to be at least one enhanced port or something of Persona 5 because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Persona 5 bloody or... Yeah. Or, <laughs> the black. Yeah. Persona <laughs> oh, 5 and, black. Yeah, and, and uh, mentioning that, uh, I love this co- colors uh, scheme. Like, uh, you had uh, blue in Persona 3, you had uh, yellow in Persona uh, 4, and then you have red in Persona 5. Yeah, it all works very well. Mm-hmm. I know with all those yeah. primary colors there. Yeah, no, it's it's very cool, and just all the the styles, the transitions, and it's it's so so yeah. just entertaining and visually very appealing. Very visual, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. All right, well, Video Game Guru sixty four, thank you for calling in. We can find you on Twitter and other places across the internet at Video Game Guru sixty four. Anything else you'd like to plug? Just the uh, Sky PG. Uh, they're on uh, episode five. Mm-hmm. right now um, so it's a good time to uh, get uh, caught up and uh, go along with the uh, go along with the episodes <laughs> yeah and check out that let's play for sure I hope they're uh, they're aware of the the atlas things and all that and that's got to be tricky to kind of yeah. dance around that so but yeah hopefully that all works out well for them thanks for calling in have a great night yep. and take care yep joining us from Ohio Missing No 87, welcome to the Power Switch. Howdy. How are you doing? Welcome, and thank you for calling in. Yeah, I actually got to call this time because I knew that you were having a show. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's nice. I, I got to do better on the social media and the self-advertising front. Like, that's always the toughest thing, I think, is just, you know, trying to get your work out there and kind of being a, oh, for promotion. But thank you for calling in. Uh, what did you have on your mind today? Uh. I just got a switch on Thursday. Congratulations. And I have to say, it's probably the easiest gaming device I'd had with being a dad. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that was a, well, congrats for being a dad. That's, that's awesome. You know, big change too. Um, yeah, I, I would have to imagine just, you know, the, with the sleep suspense state to have it all portable, you can play wherever, Uh, you know, what, what has that been like? I've been playing my Xbox One before I got this, and playing that when I can, and then with the whole uh, playing 3DS, like, the problem I had with that is there's some really good games on it, but it's hard to get a whole gaming experience with that, Mm. especially when you, like, actually have time to play something on your TV, and you really want that big screen, you don't want to be sitting and holding your DS, which you've been playing all night because you were stuck up all night. Right, right. So which games have you been playing for Nintendo Switch then? Uh, Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> That's really What's the... that? I'm not familiar with that one. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> Zelda? You make any good progress in there between, you know, I imagine just all the different segmented times. Like, it's a good game to, you know, just pick up and try a little bit of, but have you made any good progress from that? Uh, I just got off the Great Plateau last okay. night. Okay, yeah. But yeah, that's you know a couple days ago, so that, that's pretty good, yeah. And uh, 
so, so the biggest problem I had with the game was uh, I had trouble getting into it because, like, you know how you have to get the winter gear or something yes, to keep yeah, you warm yeah. at the beginning? The recipe for it, the guy said that he needed uh, meat and a spicy pepper. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get that he wanted me to make the meat and the seafood stir fry. I thought he wanted me to make a whole new dish. Oh. So I spent like a good three hours trying to figure out what I could make that would please him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That one's weird. I, if you found the same thing I did, it was just like, yeah, it's like, oh, I know this recipe and it's, you know, meat. And it was, he called it even, I think, the uh, the spicy steak and seafood uh, sort of thing. And it's like, yeah, it's like, I know yeah, it was I, something like that. I know it's raw meat. I know it's peppers. But what's the other thing? And yeah, to go and think, like, where am I going to find a fish? Like, there's only a few lakes that i just you know went and i bombed and literally picked them up out of the lake but <laughs> bomb fishing yeah bomb fishing it's it's good fun you kill kill quite a few um and it's always interesting to see you know what people did like that's i think you know we when we go and have our our spoiler cast discussion tomorrow for the game it's probably gonna be one of the first questions is how did you solve that first puzzle like that's the thing that gets you right into the game and uh, there's many ways of doing that i mean some people take a torch and run up the mountain and have that be that for one of the shrines. Yeah. I did take the torch, but the other one where he had, uh, uh, the only way I could see to get across was to go across the river first. Mm. I, there was no way I could make it through that and still keep a torch lit. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's, there's, there's so many ways to do that. And you know, one of them is like you get up so far with that and the old man will be there. Oh, you're trying so hard. Let me give it to you. But I know for me, like when I, you know, figured that recipe out and it actually took a long time to kill uh, the boars that were just ran- roaming there because it takes like one good headshot uh, with your arrow. I throw bombs at them. That works too. Yeah, that, <laughs> mm-hmm. that probably, mm-hmm. I just, yeah, wow. I just wish it was explained a little bit better that he wanted the same recipe because mm. it sounded like that he was talking about his seafood recipe and then he said he wanted a recipe with meat and pepper. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'd actually mm. look up online just to see what he wanted me to do for that quest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there are, it's a it's okay to look things up online, especially I mean, gosh, when you're talking about playing games as a dad, I think yeah, your time is at a premium. Like you can't just be wasting hours doing bullshit, really. Uh, so yeah. you gotta you gotta really kind of pace that out, and that's where I think you know we talked about it in a previous episode of the show. We're like, it's okay to go easy mode if it's available for certain games like that. Like I, I think it's, you know, have no shame in looking up certain guide things to just help save the time. I mean, there's only so many hours in a day and when you get to be older, uh, you know, kid or not, but you know, especially when <laughs> a kid is involved, like, you know, make the most of your gaming time. Yeah. I'm still only like playing final fantasy 15. I, I think I'm only like 20 hours into it. And that's been since Christmas. Yeah. Wow. Mm hmm. That was a really good game. I, I loved that one. That was a good one. Yeah, I was really hoping I could at least try to finish it before I got my Switch, but that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. What else has but, uh, been your experience as far as, you know, gaming with a kid? It depends. Like, usually I have to wait till he's taking a nap because he really likes controllers. <laughs> so... Oh gosh! Yeah, like, that causes a problem if you're trying to play anything. I can only imagine, like, if you have something like an iPad or whatever. Just uh, you're seeing a lot of kids growing up, and uh, you know, one of the friends who has a kid as well. Uh, you know, just uh, 
you know, growing up and knowing how to use these tablets. Now, Grant, I think she's six, seven years old. Oh, gosh, no, even older. Oh, my God, time flies by. I think she's seven. Uh, but even like growing up with iPads as a technology and like knowing how to use it and like it's just so intuitive. But yeah, controllers just being so tactile. Have you done the uh, the move yet where you know, some parents have like the the chest harness or whatever and have the baby sitting in there and have you done where like the baby's sitting there and you have your arms around like playing the switch there yet? I think it was yesterday. Uh, uh, he was laying on me like the because he woke up from his nap and I was just holding him so he would uh, go back to sleep and I just had the Joy Cons disconnected <laughs> playing it on the TV. <laughs> That's a power move right there. Very nice. Yeah, and that that helps. Uh, you know, makes it easy. Yeah, it takes out the uh, the bulkiness to it all. And I I hope you haven't been you know encountering the uh, there were desync problems at launch, but I think since you got it a couple days ago, Nintendo with their next shipment they kind of put in parts and fix that on a manufacturing level. So that's good that I'm, I'm guessing you haven't had any, uh, you know, Joy-Con desync. I problems. actually have. Oh, really? <laughs> well, have, have you been um, like playing through the kid, the baby? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, uh, if I have just the Joy-Cons disconnected, like, I think it's the way that I hold them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cause I tend to keep like my index finger over the top, like the left one uh, okay. will mm. disconnect a little bit, but it's just like, Link will run forward like an extra like two inches. Mm, yeah. For some reason, Shovel Knight kept lagging on my TV. Interesting. Haven't heard I, that I yet. I don't know why. Huh. Zelda's fine. Shovel Knight is too much. And are those, so those are just the games that you have with the Switch so uh, far? I got Zelda, Shovel Knight, uh, Fast RMX, and uh, Snipper Clips. Yeah. Oh, I love Snipper Clips. Good collection of games there. Yeah, I got a bundle from GameStop. I managed to uh, get one from them but it was when they got rid of the uh collector's guide for zelda mm. and uh yeah and threw in the season pass instead oh nice hmm. yeah i'm uh i'm looking forward to seeing more news on that season pass and uh i'm sure at e3 they'll probably mention something where that development's going but oh, that's that's really cool i'm, I'm glad you got one like that's it seems to be a, a tough thing to come by these days so that worked out well for you uh with uh talking about my kid a little bit earlier i found that for some reason he really likes watching mario maker huh like on Go youtube figure. yeah i can't play it because he'll try to take the game pad <laughs> give him a fake game pad like buy like in like like an old controller you don't use or anything maybe take out the inside so it's just the buttons and stuff and give him that they, he won't know he's not playing hey the wii u gamepad's built like a child's toy i would totally do that Except that he's uh, just nine months old, hmm. so uh, he sees that what I have is shiny, yeah, yeah, and that his controller is not. Oh, yeah, I I can see that. That my nephew is six months and he's in that phase too. He he likes everything. <laughs> well, if yeah, it he helps, likes phones. well, if it helps, I bet that they're gonna have Mario Maker on Switch. Like, if that's not an E3 announcement, uh, Nintendo, you goofed. I will be really sad if it's not because I really like that game and I've had no time to play it. You got to figure it's in the works. They're probably working out some yeah. of the online connectivity, make sure all the stages can transfer over, but it's got to be done. It makes too much sense. Yeah, I, I can't wait till they announce some more games because somehow watching some of the game trailers on the Switch, uh, they talked me into getting Mario Kart again. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still on the fence of like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I have 
Mario Kart 8. I have the DLC on, on Wii U, but portable, though. <laughs> I know, yeah. it's not a 3DS. I know, I know. And I, I know my wife loves playing Mario Kart 7 on 3DS, and it's just like, well, Mario Kart 8 should be a no-brainer with the deluxe, yeah. I'm going to complain about it. I'm going to hate that I'm doing it, but I'm going to get it again. <laughs> Damn right. I'm be like, Damn yeah. it. I hate that I'm doing this Nintendo stupid. Maybe I'll just do digital. Maybe, maybe I'll do digital this time. You know, get some more. It'll uh, be the same thing of when they put out a Smash Brothers on it. Oh they God, don't even yeah. have to add any other characters. There goes your money. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I've well, <laughs> Smash Brothers is a no-brainer. <laughs> Let's be real here. <laughs> oh boy. Well, missing no eighty-seven. Thank you so much for calling in. Where can people find you online? I'm on Twitter at that username. And I haven't done much else in a while. Well, you know, being a dad, that's that's the most important job of all. So uh, congratulations to you. That's that's really awesome. And uh, thanks. Thank you so much for finding the time to call in. Really appreciate your insight. You caught me right after work. Perfect timing. (laughs) Well, we do record Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern time here. So glad that seems to work out for you. It does. All right. Well, you have a good night, man. Thanks. Take care. You too. Have a good one. And joining us from Colorado, Zero Ranma, welcome back to the Power Switch. Yo. So, Persona 5. It's finally here. I I know we've been talking offline Mm -hmm. and we've been sharing uh, different thoughts on different Discord channels and whatnot. You've been playing Persona 5 like it's your job. And uh, I mean, I don't have a job right now, so that gives me all the time to play it like it's my job. Even still, uh, it's it's pretty impressive how far. So we were just talking. You were saying you just finished the fifth palace. Just now, oh, I boy. just finished like the boss. So like, what's what's that hour count looking like right now? It's at like forty four hours. Damn, damn. And I got it on Monday night. So wow. Okay, so Scott, you're not too much farther behind him. Hour wise, I'm not much further behind but progress wise i'm i would say i'm fairly behind damn yeah like it probably helps that i do read fast so i can get through a bunch of the dialogue mm-hmm. quicker but yeah and here i am still. sitting at 11 hours to finish the first palace all right okay yep good good so uh, you, i'm sure you have thoughts uh, on the game and that's probably what we're talking about today i'd imagine so let, let's let's let it rip all right. Well, first off, the biggest thing about this game is how animated and flashy it is. Because yeah. holy so flashy. shit, everything is animated, and nothing about any of it bothers me. Like all the menus, all the texts, even like the text font, how it's like all those different like cut up. Oh cut yeah, up, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. You'd think it would bother people because of how like. It's not uniform or anything, but it works really well. Yeah. It's uniform in its ununiformity. Mm hmm. Very true. Uh, with the menus, I was, I was sitting and playing, and uh, my wife was watching me, and she she was like, Whoa, at one of these menu transitions with uh, Takemi, the doctor. Uh, and when I was going to you know sell something, and she does that you know leg flip over transition mm, it's just yeah. like, she's like whoa hello legs she's like yeah it's <laughs> it's got that that style to it it's gorgeous yeah like all the transitions are just beautiful even the loading screens are nice because you know they have the little like take your time and all that mm-hmm. stuff and at a certain point they do 
like you know how they have like the main character in both the real world and the metaverse. Yeah. It's like the difference between the student and the and Joker. There is like a story point where you go somewhere else for like your school trip. Oh yeah. And they even change it then. Hmm. Like they change like the people walking by, they change the loading screen bit. For the seasons they do. I noticed that or if it's raining out, I noticed. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've caught onto that stuff yet. I mean, I'm only so far in, so what do I know? But that's, yeah, that's one, really cool. Yeah. yeah, and just there's just so much to do. It's really painful to decide what you want to do because it's like maybe you want to try out the batting cages one of these days or mm-hmm. maybe you want to go work a part-time job or just hang out. If you connect to the internet, you have the, the touchpad on the PS4 and just to bring that up and see what the percentages are uh, for everyone, like what they've done, I, that's that's really handy. I, I found like if I'm not sure and I'm between a few things, like what is what is like the general sort of consensus there? Everyone has their different pacing and things. Because when I was checking the network one night or one day just to see get some suggestions as to what I should do, they had access to a confidant I hadn't even opened up yet. Oh, interesting. And couldn't open up because of story stuff. So, mm, 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 you know, it, it, yeah, it's good for suggestions, but you can't follow it like a guide. You just got to handle it how you want. You got to take your time and go at your own pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I found it really interesting with some of the social link stuff that I only have so many. It's, you know, not too far in and all that. But right. uh, with the doctor, to even have just rank two, I'm like, oh, you have to have level two guts? Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's new. All right. Yeah, a bunch of them just kind of lock at certain points unless you have like super high level stats or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like with uh, you uh, what's his name, the the hero fan, the your caretaker, Sojiro, uh, it's like, hey, you have to make coffee <laughs> before it continues. Like, yeah. all right, oh, fine, <laughs> can do that. And that seems to be a handy with because you know for the the first dungeon, uh, Kamashita, like you're strapped for SP, uh, and so <laughs> I had to do that into two parts, and then they did the calling cards, so then it extends even yeah, further. That's one... Okay, so five dungeons in. I will say this. You have no, like, healer, like, like healing your SP mm-hmm. anywhere. You have to bring in items if you want to heal your SP. Uh, so one of my big so, questions with mm-hmm. those of you who had, had played more is just, like, does that get easier as far as you know, SP management? You have more. I mean, I think just by the simple fact that you have more mm-hmm. um, makes it easy. Plus, once you get more than four characters, you can swap them in, swap in party members. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, on the in the menu screen, you can't do it in combat, but it's not like you have to be in a safe room in order to do it. Right. So right. you can kind of swap out your weaker, more people Damn. that don't have any SP out anymore. You can swap those in or keep your healers out so they only can heal like you only worry about healing like my morgana right now i don't have in my party most of the time i keep morgana out and then i use he has media and some of the higher healing spells so i primarily keep him out to just heal after combat and yeah i'm sure like once the the moss skills come into play like that'll help on some of the uh the consumption of sp especially when you have a lot of the different spreads of enemies uh i must say it's, it's different to get used to the uh using your ranged weapons uh, especially you know in the first uh, dungeon there was incubus the, the little devil and like mm. only weak to those firearms and using that life drain spell which 
fucking sucked with uh, yeah. just 30 yeah. HP a hit. So just, yeah, especially Anne's Uzi, the, the SMG, just brah, brah, just spread with all the ammo she has. Um, yeah, that was, it's, it's interesting to work with that, which that's a, a new thing to the recent Persona Yeah, games. you'll find that like all the winged enemies tend to be weak to uh, guns. That makes stuff. sense. Bullets through the wings, yeah. And yeah, they're, eventually you'll reach like a confidant that helps you with your gun skills and makes them more handy that's not to like later in the game. Mm-hmm. from like what i found is with my higher levels kind of where i'm at i'm in the high 20s right now i have skills that i don't rely so much on um, magic anymore unless it's for weaknesses i because because i have physical attacks that damage everyone multiple times so I usually when I'm grinding and things like that, I'll use that and use my life because those the physical abilities use life instead of SP. Yeah. So I'll use something that attacks everything, everything on the board three to four times doing medium damage or something like that. Yeah. And then I'll have someone just my healer will heal them up when they need to. But this kind of ties back into missing those topic of, you know, gaming as an adult, gaming as a, a dad and all that. But just, you know, gaming when you're older and your time is at a premium. It's such a, a long game. I'm playing on easy right now. And, like, I'm not having really difficulty with it per se. But there is the allure of, you know, being overleveled, having a lot of money, uh, just, grinding. you know, grinding, just, you know, having rush mode, just put that on and just go. Um, if I remember correctly, Zero, you're on uh, safe mode as well. I, what are- I am on safe mode, yes. So I have not had any need for like actual grinding. Mm-hmm. When I first played Persona 3 and 4, that was that took up the majority of my time, right. I've, I think. As someone who's curious just- about going to safe mode, like what's the, the pros or the cons there of, of doing the move? Obviously, uh, obviously you right. can't you know, change it back if you change your mind. But Yeah, you cannot change it right. back. So the pros are... You know, you get damage less. You do you do more damage. Um, your XP and money gain are like tripled. Ooh, nice, which is really handy because man, you end up using a lot of money at times. I almost ran out you know, just before like all the uh, all the fallout from Kamashita's dungeon. Like I almost ran out of money. It's like oh shit. Yeah, you you really use a lot of money in this game, like. I had over a million at one point, and oh then I gained access. And then I gained access to something, and quickly lost a lot, a good chunk of it, mm. buying stuff. Mm. Because at a certain point, you gain access to this laptop that you can repair, and what you find on it is probably one of the, something that made me super happy. Mm. Okay. You've, you gain access to Tanaka's shady commodities. Oh, all right. So he sells you some good stuff for really high price. Nice. Yeah, I'm playing through on normal, and I haven't had... I've grinded some, but even at my point, I haven't felt... Things haven't gotten too crazy, and I don't have the super expensive store or anything, but I haven't had much issue in terms of having money just because I usually... Like when I'm going through either Mementos or the palaces, I make sure to occasionally turn on my Thief Vision or whatever and grab the various golden items and open all the treasure chests that's, I find. That's something helped a lot, yeah. And then sell all that stuff in, in the back alley at the airsoft shop. But I'm, I haven't had much issue in terms of... I haven't had any money issues so much at, yet, I, quite yet. I mean, then so. is there a disadvantage to playing on safe mode, aside from the dirt-to-dirt, easy mode sort of stigma? But Oh, 
there is actually one hell of a disadvantage. You tend to deal so much damage that you there are times where you cannot recruit personas because you just murder them <laughs> in one shot. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of the negotiations just tend to go down the drain that way. Has that been something that you miss or is there, you know, other ways to I mean, make it work? Honestly, it's it's a pain sometimes, but otherwise I can just deal. I'm, you know, I'm I'm I can just fuse. Right. If I really need to. The only ones that I cannot fuse are like the special uh, gem personas that are like the super rare ones that give you like lots of money and XP. Hmm. But I can't say I've come across those you, yet. Because you can recruit those and you can't fuse those. You cannot like get them from fusions. You can only recruit them. Okay. Huh. They're used mostly as like catalysts and for um for fusions as well as um strengthening personas, I believe. They give a ton of experience. Hmm. Yeah. I guess I'll, they I'll give just give tons of experience and like different and like they have a wide variety of skills they can pass on. I guess I'll just stick on easy right now and see how that kinda works out and maybe on like a new game plus i'll yeah, go no. and uh put put that on for and just a kind of mode, breathe yeah. through mm-hmm. yeah yeah because i know eventually i want to do a max link run i don't think i can pull it off during this yeah one. yeah same that's that's probably what i'll do as well what else would you like to talk about with persona 5 this is undoubtedly the darkest persona game to date just with the first bit alone just just like oh yeah know. oh oh they went there that happened okay yeah with with the whole Kamashita stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you play the original Personas uh, Zero, or did you come in with three and four? I came in with three and four. I tried one and two. I couldn't get into them. Okay. Yeah. Those were a lot. Those were fairly dark as well, dealing with uh, some gruesome stuff as well. So. Yeah. Definitely different games than three and four. Yeah, it was rough going back to those ones when I played it on the PSP, and I was like, "Wait, no, where are my social links? Where?" Yeah, those What's didn't exist until three. This is literally just a Megami Tensei game, but <laughs> Are you happy with how mm-hmm. the direction of the story is going? I think one of the cooler things is, you know, with each of the, the social links, the confidants, uh, to kind of tie it back to that framing device of you're in that uh in that yeah, interrogation in room in the future. Yeah, you're just retelling the past. Yeah. So the in media res is a really smart way of handling the game, just not only to just get you right into the action, like that's that was awesome, and you know, when Scott, when we played back in September, just like you know, that mm-hmm. was just like, oh, like we're we're doing this, okay. I can't yeah. tell what's happening with the Japanese, but like that's that's I great. Think that was a really good way of bringing people into this mm-hmm. game because a lot of people were worried that it would be like Persona Four, where it's just a giant slog of dialogue. Oh god, so much exposition, and yeah, mm-hmm. forced stuff. And don't get me wrong, there was still a lot of forced stuff after that, but but it, you know, it kind of has to be. There's there's so much really stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you went into the dungeon multiple times during that. Like, just exploring and learning all the mechanics. Mm-hmm. But do you like where the story is going? I mean, you're, you're five palaces in. Like, you're happy oh, how it's yeah. progressing? I, I, love how it's, I love how it's being handled. I think, yeah, the way it's constantly flashing back and forth, like, you're getting information about all these characters beforehand, like, all the targets... Yeah, you flash back to see like how these confidants affected you mm-hmm. in the future. And yeah, eventually you got to reach that point and you want to know how it's going to end. Yeah, I got to say that's one of the, the cooler mm-hmm. moments. It's not, you know, I guess totally spoilers or anything like that. But uh, the doctor is one of the first, you know, confidants that you get outside of your party. And uh, when that's established and they flash forward to have the interrogator who 
that's yeah that's a whole other character as well um to have her be like you know like someone had to heal you like there had to have been someone to you know heal all your wounds and all all of your uh all you know your dangerous stunts that you went on like they had to be a, an accomplice and it's just like oh like this is how it's going to be like you're going to mm-hmm. set up like each of these everyone's going to be important in their own way and that's and all the uh the abilities that they provide uh that that's yeah. really I thought really that was helpful a really, yeah. really cool addition oh, yeah, it's, it's it's really great yeah the fact that it's not like persona three or four where a bunch of them aren't really like super you know you're just kind of helping these people but they're not really affecting your life right i mean in, like, yeah, in, like you're tutoring a kid you're uh you're meeting a mother who's having a tough time with her her stepson like okay fine yeah. but i mean consequential overall yeah and now you've got like oh a doctor who's if you increase her rank she's going to sell you better medicine mm-hmm. or a politician who will teach you how to talk to personas better mm-hmm, yeah talk to shadows better you know stuff like that and even even the party members have some of them in the future will have unique skills that'll that they can teach you yeah it's it's really really well done so i mean i think overall people are wondering like you know is this a game i should get like yeah i get it i mean if you have a ps3 for one like if you have a ps3 or ps4 this is a must yeah you got to but if Mm -hmm. you have only a ps3 Get it on PS3. Like, like, don't buy a PS4 just for this. I mean, yeah, if you want to buy it also for Horizon Zero Dawn. PS4 and you has wanna, plenty you know. of exclusives that you should buy a PS4 for. Yes, yeah. Yeah, like, if there's a bunch of games you want on the PS4, yeah, get a PS4 and prioritize this game. But but if you're looking at yeah, just one game a... at a time, yeah, I mean, Persona 3 works just fine. Like, there's no difference between PS3 and 4. Okay, you know, 720p versus 1080p. Like, if that's a big deal to you, maybe, but... And if people are wondering, oh, should I play Persona 3 or 4 before playing this? You don't need to. Right, right. You can absolutely just jump into this, no hesitation, without needing any info from the past games. Because they're all in the same world, but none of them are really like... They're not like direct sequels or anything. I do like the small little... I do like the small little callbacks that they do make, though. Because, of course, you got to have those, but... You have the little cameos and... There's one where it's like you tune in on the TV... Uh, again it's it's so early so it's not whoa spoilers but you shit on the tv and it's just I like mean, they're cameos yeah. so who cares but to say and you know the news reporter and it's like you know oh there's a there's a detective at school blah 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 it's making waves now you may remember naoto shiragane <laughs> it's like oh my god yeah and then you can yeah and like this in the subway yeah the subway yep per- can see posters for uh Rise and konami yeah so yeah, that's oh that's super cool and i did see that as well like that that was a delight. Uh, yeah, especially for economy. I mean, that's that's great. Oh, man. There, there's so much to talk about. I'm sure we could devote a whole yeah, whole we'll, podcast we'll to that. We'll probably have a spoiler cast in the, in the future. We will future. assuredly have a Far spoiler future. cast when more people have cleared <laughs> this massive behemoth of a game. But otherwise, Zero Ranma, thank you for calling in. People could find you on Twitter at that. Uh, anything else you'd like to plug? Eh, not really. Okay. No, we'll yeah. get back to that persona grind. Uh, we'll look forward to talking about it in the future and other gaming topics. Uh, thank you for calling in. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, thank you for calling in, everyone. When we come back, Scott will give you his top five favorite games of all time. I'm really looking forward to this list, so you don't want to miss it when we come back here on the Power Switch.
Welcome back to the Power Switch. Joined here by Scott White. Scott, thank you so much for joining us so far. It's it's great to have you on and, and with your insight. Oh, thanks for uh, inviting me on. Of course, of course. Happy and to be here. you know, for future podcasts for E3, um, this won't be the last we hear from you, of course. So, oh yeah, we'll we'll be around each other's sites, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. But let's get to kind of to flesh out who you are and. I'm always interested to see these lists. It kind of explains a little bit about who you are as a game player and what what you like and uh, what games have made an impact on you uh, throughout your your history of playing games. So, mm-hmm. your top five favorite games of all time. Now you can do you know yeah. one per franchise. You can do I mean whatever rules you have there. But uh, you know, give me your top five here. Okay, so in my top five, um, I have probably at number five. Uh, Diablo 2 for PC. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I have spent so many hours over the years in that game, and that really opened me up and got me into the action RPG genre for PCs and the loot grind and all of that. I, I attribute that completely to Diablo 2. I love it, and I still to this day will occasionally boot it up and play it. Um, a lot of depth, a lot of replayability, great characters, great story. I never got into um, it, but I know... I know so many people who yeah. owe a lot to that game, yeah. Yeah, and it's, but I'm hopeful because Blizzard is remastering StarCraft that maybe next they'll remaster and re-release Diablo 2. That would be super cool. That would be a good step um, compared to what some people said about Diablo 3, so... <laughs> yeah, Diablo 3 has had hits and misses. Mm-hmm. Hits and misses, but... Um, next up, I would have to say Metal Gear Solid, the original one for PlayStation. Um I love Metal Gear Solid 3, but the original Metal Gear Solid will always have a place in my heart, along with the Twin Snakes. Um, it was just looking on the back of the CD case to find Meryl's codec and the the plot twists and how everything happened. It was, I mean, I love my handle on a lot of, from Twitch to Twitter, um, to PSN, it's always Solid Snake 120. I just, I love... Solid Snake as a character, and I, I hope one day I can have an actual conversation with David Hayter, who played Solid Snake. Oh, that'd be so cool, yeah. And not Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> Never Kiefer Sutherland. But I digress. Still a little salty on that. Uh, after that, I would have to say Pokemon Red and Blue. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, in terms of my favorite games of the Pokemon series, I think it would be Soul Silver and uh, Heart Gold, but Pokemon... To, the nostalgia value. I remember bar- playing at, in elementary school on the playground Pokemon. I remember going over to friends' houses. I remember watching the anime when it first came out. I remember crying when Butterfree left originally. Oh, it, man, it's all about that Pikachu's goodbye. Yeah. Oh, the Pikachu goodbye was, was horrible, but Pikachu came back, man. <laughs> um, but no, Pokemon Red and Blue, I'll just always remember I... It was right after the Snorlax episode aired, and that's when I encountered Snorlax in the game. And I, I was having such a hard time catching him, and I was so like, I need Snorlax, because he was just on the, the the show. I need Snorlax. So I used my Master Ball on Snorlax. Oh, no. I, I know he's got a high catch rate, but man. <laughs> but it gets better, because I still ended up catching Mewtwo with an Ultra Ball, but I'll always remember... Using my Master Ball on Snorlax in my Pokemon Red game. That's a fun story. Then got stolen twice and returned to me. Oh, no. Man, the 
the po- schoolyard <laughs> Pokemon, man. It was that was, it was dark days. I know we're a little older there. We're we're pushing thirty, but uh, yeah, those were those were the times back with the uh, the Pokemon nostalgia and yeah. those stolen from my backpack. Mm. All, was, all the cards on top of it. It was it was a time. Cards, yeah. It was a time. Yeah, we didn't have your online trading and your global <laughs> wonder shiny networks. No, we had to look people in the eye when we were screwing them over with rare Pokemon or fake Pokemon. That's how you knew a person's personality. You look them in the eyes. You traded it's Pokemon. True. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, it'd be really funny to see like a Persona Pokemon matchup where it's like a shadow version of someone trading pokemon with like a persona user and then just arguing back and forth i, I think that would be funny it's actually funny you say that it was uh, it may be a little more of a spoiler but there's i will we'll talk offline but there's apparently yeah. a seeming like a, a pokemon sort of kind of connection in persona just a, a very tangential one but that's, that's interesting yeah. anyway number two uh, number two is i i was between final fantasy six and seven but i had to go six because i have more memories of it um, growing up, that Final Fantasy three for Super Nintendo for those that aren't back in though back in our young young days mm-hmm. it was Final Fantasy three. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember watching my friend. I remember going over to my friend's house, my neighbor's house, and watching him play it. The Narsh opening scene when the the Magitechs are walking to this, through the snow towards Narsh. I remember sitting in his basement and watching it. And I remember we had a garage sale. And I had money, and my mom took me to the store. And I had a choice between getting a lava lamp, which I had been wanting for a while, and Final Fantasy III. <laughs> and I chose a lava lamp. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> and I chose a lava lamp. Yeah, oh, that's uh, that was one of my gaming missteps. But I, I eventually, of course, have it on multiple systems. At this point, it's like every time a Final Fantasy comes out or gets poured somewhere, I have to get it. Yeah, and yeah. I hate myself a little bit more. But just the characters and everything in Final Fantasy III will always have a special place. The soundtrack was fantastic. So when that uh, rumored 30th anniversary of all of the games in a box comes out, that's going to be your name on it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yep. I'm going to wait <laughs> up online and be like, God Damn it, why am I doing this? Why am I buying this $500 special edition? Right. And then I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm an adult and I can do things now. Yeah. And then I'm going to be eating Fruit Loops out of a bowl at like two in the morning because I'll have to wait up online for it. <laughs> but no, it's it's a special game all around. I have a lot of fond memories with it. And it's definitely one of the the best 16 bit RPGs out there, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And my favorite. Favorite game of all time, Mega Man X for Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I don't know what I want to play, I will resort to Final... Or I will resort to Mega Man X. I love that game. I love the soundtrack. Everything just controls really, really well. It It's a masterwork. I love X over all the other X games. Um favorite game of all time i could go back and play that and i've gotten to, to the point where i can 100 percent in about 40 minutes that's pretty good i know you were trying to speed run it so, for a time so um yeah but definitely favorite game of all time wow that's a that's Love a really that strong list uh, i'm impressed i was wondering where you're going to slip tails on that but you know when you have those classic stalwarts and, yeah in top five 
I was debating maybe putting on Tales of Vesperia or Tales of Symphonia, mm-hmm. um, but that would, those would be like in the top ten. Yeah. I, t- top ten would have a Tales game, yeah. no doubt. But top five, that's it's tough. All right, and that'll do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by RhymesWithAsia.com, and we're on YouTube and Twitch at RhymesWithAsia.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Power Switch. And you can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at PowerSwitchPod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to The Power Switch on podcast services such as iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you'd be so kind as to leave a review, that would really help as well. Most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting rhymeswithasia.com slash call. It's a small but growing community, and in these early months of the show, it'll be easier than ever to have your voice heard on this podcast. Uh, let's talk about a YouTube video to watch. Uh, I have you know friends from the University of Michigan. They formed their own kind of sketch comedy uh, YouTube channel called Practical Folks, and uh, they have this series called Drunk Disney where they're a bunch of 20-somethings and they uh, they basically watch Disney movies from the past and they have drinks, they have you know, drinking game rules, they have drink attacks where they kind of assign individual you know, drink times to each other uh, and they kind of you know, riff on the movies, they kind of critique it and uh, edit it down in this, this nice video package. It's, it's really one of their standout series, but they did a spinoff of that and uh, they did Drunk Star Wars where I guess they were watching all three prequels in one night with these drinking game rules. So they're getting progressively more and more drunk. And uh, episode two just came out today after the first one on uh, episode one was like around New Year's time. So I'll recommend that uh, just their channel overall and their drunk Disney series, but in particular drunk star Wars episode two attack of the clones. So uh, do check them out They're They're really good. Uh, Scott, do you have a particular YouTube video that's caught your eye and you want to give a shout out or some credit to? Um, not so much a YouTube, but I know this weekend, and it'll eventually be put up on their YouTube channel. It's currently Final Fantasy Relay Race, the second Final Fantasy Relay Race, where a bunch of speed, a team of three speedrunners, or three teams of speedrunners, race from the original Final Fantasy all the way through Final Fantasy 15. Oh in a speed my run setting. god! Minus, uh, minus the MMOs. So they've been doing that. It's a uh, back to back to back. It's on RPG Limit Break. That's crazy. Um, yeah. What the yeah. fuck? Well, yeah. wow. Okay. So you can find it on Twitch, twitch.tv slash RPG Limit Break. And they also, they do, they speed run tons of things uh, in terms of RPGs. But then they also upload all the videos to their YouTube channel, RPG Limit Break. But definitely give them a check out. It's, it's an amazing thing to watch. And um, to, it blows your mind considering you you spend 40 hours and you see someone beat a game that in like two hours. Oh and yeah, when you see, you know, some of the, you know, AGDQ or SGDQ and they get like final fantasy six or something like that. And it takes four or five, six hours. Like to, it's just that for one game. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's, that's remarkably impressive. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely a fun time. It's the second time they've done all the entire final fantasy series, but Final Fantasy Relay Race, currently on twitch.tv slash RPG Limit Break. Soon to be on their YouTube channel. Absolutely. Well, Saturdays at 3 p.m. is when we record weekly shows. Uh, If things happen during the week, we'll have a show then. Uh, Tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. I know that's going to be a little, you know, past the time of when this edit goes up. But we'll also have our Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild spoiler cast. So that will also be up on YouTube soon if you're 
there listening, you find that on social media. Feel free to participate if you've beaten the game. We're going to be talking about all things Breath of the Wild. That should be a fun time. Uh, I'll be traveling next week, so we'll maybe have a, a show from the road. And Scott, thank you so much for, for joining us. I, this is a lot of fun, and you mm-hmm. provide you know some great insight. And uh, we've mentioned before. We'll, well thanks say, for having yeah, me. Yeah, we mentioned before. We'll say it again. Uh, you know, E3 2017, that's going to be a fun time. It's coming up. We got a two months. We, we kind of have some things in mind of what we want to do, but uh, nailing those down specifically, that's going to be some good fun. And we'll hopefully provide oh, yeah. some good content for you, whether it's live or, or you know, post show podcasts. And yeah, one last plug for you, Scott. I mean, find you on Twitter at SolidSnake120. We got to plug your website, mm-hmm. DashingNerds.com. Yep, DashingNerds.com. Uh, anything else that you'd like to give a shout out to? No, not right now. All right. Well, again, thank you so much. You know, stay tuned. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Stay tuned to our Discord channel as everything develops here, whether it's live or on your own time. I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I'm Peter Spasia. Until next time, switch up, call in, game on.